Hey, what's up, performance marketers? Welcome. Today, we got a treat. Today, we've got two ladies that I've known for a few years, uh, met them in a mastermind. They are amazing. They're in the photography business, and they've done some remarkable things. I've seen them grow almost 10x from the day I met them till today. Uh, they're just really, really good at at listening, hearing, modeling, and executing on things that they see that are working. And they're doing it in a, in a niche in the photography business that, you know, people, people don't think they can make money. In. If you love to take pictures, this is, uh, this is something you want to listen to. If you're somebody that loves to take pictures and um, wants to turn into a business a thousand percent. If you have a photography business, you want to listen to this. If you're somebody that's sitting at home and you want to be with your family and you want to raise your kids, could you make money from home? The answer is absolutely yes. We've talked about this all the time. And one way to do it is in the photography business, right? I, I see that a lot of these photographers, they feel like they're just, their photography business is, is running their lives. They're just always being uh, pulled in all different kinds of directions. And uh, this whole digital file of um, taking pictures, giving them the digital files and just feeling like you're a commodity, they, they change all of this. So today we're going to have Sarah Petty and Aaron Verbeck of Joy of Marketing come on. And they are two amazing, amazing women. They help professional photographers learn how they can be there for their families. They can be there for when their kids are graduating kindergarten and putting them on the bus and losing a tooth. And at the same time, they can also run a thriving photo business. In their theory, their feelings are you don't have to choose between a career and a family. You can do both. And they're going to tell us how they teach that to their students here today on Performance Marketers. So stick around, check them out. They are. Uh, they're going to give you just a, an eye-opening treat of, of ways that you can make money by just taking pictures. So uh, I think you're going to enjoy this. So um, let's dive in. Boom. I spent the last 17 years building my eight-figure performance business without using any of my own money, working with some of the most brilliant direct response marketers in the world today. Now I'm looking for entrepreneurs to join my affiliate army built on ethics, transparency, and good old hard work. Join me to change the perception of how people view the greatest business in the world, affiliate marketing, and follow along as I learn, apply, and share performance marketing strategies working with some of the brightest people on the planet. My name is Eric Beer, and welcome to the Performance Marketer Podcast. Let's just get started then. Sarah, first, okay. start off with telling us how you started mm -hmm. this business, why you started this business uh, 18 years ago from today. What happened? Give me, give me yeah. the background. Yeah, it kind of created itself through demand. Both of my businesses did, which was really fascinating. I was working at an ad agency, which is where Aaron and I met. We actually worked together. And I got pregnant with twins, had a crazy pregnancy, spent the year, the year, it was like 33 week pregnancy, but most of it was in the hospital. And when I had these little babies, I was so grateful to have them in the world. 
And I realized I didn't want to go back to working full-time at the ad agency. We just grinded. I loved it, but we worked all the time. And I'd been doing photography for fun. This was in the film days. It was pre-digital. It was in the late 90s. And I thought, gosh, if I can just, if I can just make enough with my photography, I can be a stay-at-home, like a sort of stay-at-home mom, but also have some money. And uh, even, you know, both Aaron and I have MBAs and I'd been a marketing director, but still when I went to start my own business, they don't teach you that in business school, how to price a photography business, how to, how to have a sales process, how to do all of that. So quickly I realized I was not making money and I had these little babies at home and we went from living on two good incomes with two people to one income and four people. And that math does not work very long. (laughs) So I had to figure out how to make money as a portrait photographer. So I doubled down everything I had. I invested in learning. You know, there was no internet really back then. It was a little baby. There were no Facebook groups. So learning, I had to physically leave home and go one-on-one to study with different people. Took me a couple of years, got it systematized. I was named one of the most profitable photography businesses in the United States And realized, oh my gosh, like this is perfect because I can make money and be at home. I had childcare like two to three days a week and it was amazing. And I started getting asked to speak because everyone was like, oh my gosh, how are you doing this? How are you doing this? And that's when joint marketing was born. This was about 05 and it was great. I created a little uh, continuity program and I had like, that was my only product, right? I had a website and this one product. So we're burning CDs in the basement for every month. People would pay like $35 and get a CD and all this education. And it was, uh, it was, it was interesting because I would go to one business and the other would go down, right? My studio would go down and then I'd be like, all right, I'll be right back. And I'd run over here to join yeah. marketing and I'd be like, I'll be right back. And so I was sort of doing this juggling game of revenue up and down, up and down. And Aaron and I had worked together before and we were always like, we need to do something together. And through a crazy random little twist of events, we found ourselves together at a coworker, a former coworker's bridal shower down in Texas. I live in Illinois. And by the end of the weekend, we had we had created the, the future. So um, we partnered up. That was in um, 2008 or was it 2009? It was 2009. Sorry. 2008 is when I started the continuity. So um, Aaron came in because it was crazy because I knew there was potential, but I didn't want either business to go away. And so, you know, we we got together and figured out how to how to scale. So that really gets you to us joining together in 2009. Wait, did you this just this all happened in two days? It's like uh, Pam and Tommy, you guys went away. The funny thing was, it actually was kind of like that because when I left to go to the, on the trip, I remember telling my husband, oh man, this is going to stink because I'm going to have to tell Sarah no, like that I'm not going to do this, that like this isn't the time, this isn't the opportunity. And I was driving back, it was between Dallas and Houston, and I was driving back home to Dallas. And I remember calling Chris from a gas station and Sarah was in the car with me. And um, I was like, yeah, so I'm going to tell her yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure he was like, what? Because Erin was in corporate. She was the golden girl. She was on the fast track up and and working a, a lot, but very, you know, um, they, she was held in very high esteem and she was the one. And so 
it was, it was a big deal for her to make that decision to like go all in with me. And sure. it's been amazing ever since. Like we're, we're, what was that like? So, so wait, so Aaron, you just had to walk into your, your office and be like, um, here's my two weeks. I'm leaving. Thanks for everything. Yeah. So I, um, it was really hard because I had, um, I was working really closely with, um, the CMO and, you know, I was being groomed for, you know, some really big things and to have to come in and say, listen, like this was not my plan. This is not at all what I wanted to, you know, I thought my path was going to be, but, um, this is what's right for me and this is what's best for me. And, um, they, they were super supportive and I, I didn't give two weeks notice. I gave more notice than that because I, and, and it was funny because on my last day, my actual boss, my, my direct boss, he said, um, he came to me and he said, you have to go now. You need to go now. And I was like, no, no, no. I just need to finish a few more things for you guys. I need to make sure everything's okay. That you like, you aren't in a bad way or anything like that. And he goes, Aaron, we'll be okay. It's all right. You need to go like, go home now. <laughs> like, it's fine because I had so much, I, I felt, you know, like I felt bad leaving that be- behind. And, you know, of course never looked back after that. I think the first day I was like, oh gosh, I'm like, took me about like a few hours to figure out how to use a Mac again, because I had been on a PC. That was like my biggest struggle of like the transition. It was like, after that, I never looked back again, but that was that first few hours. I was like, Oh man, what did I do? <laughs> God. I mean, I look, I look up to you. I mean, I, I can't relate to that because I've, I've never had a job that paid me enough money that made me think about, do I, do I want to leave? Right. So I look at some of the people out in the world that are getting paid really well, they're talented and they have a good secure job. And for them to be able to just, you know, pick up and leave is really hard. I mean, I started my company because my business that I was working for, and it was probably the most money I ever made from like a job went out of business. So like I was stuck with this, what do I do? And then I ended up starting my business. But like, I always think still till today, like what I've had, like the oomph to like, you know, walk in and, and say goodbye. And I'd like to think I I would have, I like to think that that my, my destiny was there, but I don't know. I, I don't know. So like, you know, I commend you for doing something like that. It's scary. You certainly, when you have like a good thing going, like when it's, when it's like, all right, you got nothing to lose. It's easy. But like yeah. when you have a job and you have something, it's, it's tough. So, you know, to, for Sarah to talk you into that, she must've been a great saleswoman. She's like the best salesman. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, cause I was such a no. And then, you know, like you said, and two days later it, it was a, it was a yes. And it's like never not been a yes. Like since like, I've never even thought about going back in that, in that capacity. But the thing is, is because I wasn't entrepreneurial, because no one in my family was entrepreneurial, I hadn't been around that. So I didn't have that desire, that burning myself. I needed someone else to see that in me to say, you know what, like that, this could be something amazing. And, but like, let's do this together. Um, and, and I wouldn't have, I, I, I think that's what I'm so grateful for is that like, that would never have been my path. I never would have come across that. Like I would literally still be in corporate and then my whole career would have been sp- spent in corporate and that's okay. Like that, sure, that's sure. a great option for a lot of people. Um, I just, I think a, a big part of me wouldn't, and, and what I am capable of wouldn't have been, um, realized had Sarah not yeah. seen that and found that and brought that. 
For sure. I think the biggest thing that sold Aaron is our platform, right? Away from the golden handcuffs. That's what people always call it, right? You're making so sure. much money that you can't leave. You don't want to leave. And I know, yep. I'm sure some people were like, oh, she like this, is, you know, businesses fail every day. So I'm sure they're like, oh, poor Aaron. She's such a sucker. Again, right? I had a friend who literally said that, like, she was like, what are you going to do? What, what, what's your friendship going to be? I, I remember having those conversations. Like, she's like, I just, I'm, I'm worried about this for you. And I'm like, I guess in my mind, I was like, I wasn't living outside of my means to begin with. So it wasn't a case of like, oh gosh, this is, this is going to be, um, you know, it could be detrimental to my family. I didn't have any kids yet. Um, so it was like just my husband and I, it's like, okay, if it doesn't work, I'll just go get a job somewhere else. Yeah. Like, I think that in my mind was like, I can just go. And I knew that I could probably go back if I needed to, I had great relationships, right. I had a great, so it's like, I could go back. It's not the end of the world, but, but yeah. I think. But I think what what truly tipped the scale was what we teach our students is you can have a life and make money. And Erin was working all the time and she was married and they thought about having a family one day, but she was like, I'm going to have to leave corporate and maybe go coach and teach maybe and just not make the money that I want to make because I want to be a good mom. Like, I think people think that I have to, I get to make a lot of money or get to be a great mom. And I was telling her, no, with this, the way we build this company, you can have both. Remember that Erin? And she was like, really? Like I can take vacations and I can take my kid and I can develop my kid and I can make money. That's literally what did it. Yeah. It was a hundred percent. What did it? Because it was like, okay, now I can see like, this is possible because again, I didn't have any example of that. I had the females that I was working with were either, I was looking at them as they left they walked out the door at like four o'clock, like, well, yeah, you don't work that hard because they had their kids to pick up with. You know, I was judging in my mind that person and knowing that I didn't want to be that person. I didn't want my employees looking at me like that. Um, or I was looking at people who had chosen not to have a family because they were really high up and, and they just didn't want to have that, you know, like take that step, um, sidestep in their career. So I felt like that was the only, my only options. And so when Sarah said, no, 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 there's a whole other world over here. Come, come over into this world. I was like, okay, that sounds good. (laughs) Yeah, totally. You could have your cake and eat it both. It's, it's Sarah, you're right. There's a lot of people that, that believe that certainly 10, 15 years ago, for sure. I, yeah, I see and I, so many moms here that are so smart that are like, I, they're working for nothing. They're begging for work. And they're, and they were like these investment bankers who like left to like be with their kids. And now they're just like, can I get a job? Can I get a job? And I'm like, you're like 14 times smarter than I am. And, and they just, it's like the, the part of the unknown that it's not like, oh, I could do that. I can work from home. I can also have a family and make money and be the breadwinner. Yeah. Like, like you, you guys were lucky that you did that so early on because, uh, it's just starting to like be realized by people, I think more in the last few years. So that's great. And you guys are a dynamic duo for sure. So, um, so what happened? So, okay. So we get together, she comes, you get this, this all-star and I have an all-star team and, and now you have help. So you guys, what, what'd you do? You started this, this low ticket offer. What, what was, what was the, what was the plan? We literally had no plan. We were like, <laughs> we just, we need an idea. And teleseminars were a thing. And we, Twitter was brand new and Aaron had seen someone doing a thing. It was like the Brian Tracy, Alex Hormozy or Alex Mendozian, right? Yeah. Got the wrong Alex. 
um, doing these things. And, and we saw it and I said, I'm going to listen. So I dialed in and it was terrible <laughs> and they're just blah, blah, blah. So an hour later I dialed in and they were like, Hey, if you buy it, you can buy the whole, all the recordings for something cheap, like $29. Like no, it was like $79. I think. Okay. I think like, yeah. And I kept calling back saying, if there's anything good here, I'm going to buy them. And nothing was good. And I went to Aaron. I said, Aaron, we could copy this model. Let's get everybody we know. All, we, we I spoke in the photography space. So I knew all the, the industry leaders. Let's get yeah. them all to record a recording. We went to teleconferencing you know, line. And we ran, played, played the recordings every hour. And we sold it on the back end. And we did like 150 grand that first week and built our list of zero to like 12,000 people. That was in October. We got together in June and we were like, all right, we're, we're going to be okay here. It was pretty crazy. And so that's that, I mean, that took so, us off. So wait, not knowing wait, what the hell you're going to do. And then you guys sat and talked about what you should do. You decided to like launch a program and made 150 K in a weekend. Yeah. Wow. Yes, that's exactly exactly what happened. Did, did you, you rinse and repeat that at that point? Yes. And, oh and yeah, yeah. Doing it, and yeah. that's how you scaled the business. But what happened too is a year later, in it was ten, ten, ten. My twins were turning ten. I had it was a Sunday. I had a whole house full of little kids, and we decided to run. We named our events. You know, we had all these different specific things, and this one was called ten, ten, ten. We had ten speakers giving ten selling tips. The internet was a baby and we had so many people promoting it. We were the first in our industry. So we had everybody promoting it. It went live at like 10 AM. And what do you think happened? Nobody could get in, right? The internet, wow. like companies didn't know how to handle that kind of traffic. We were in a, we were with a, an industry company. And so it was just a nightmare. We were getting lambasted. I on- was at a wedding. Yeah. I was at a wedding. Yeah. And Sarah was with her twin, you know, cause it was supposed to be just everybody just access it on the computer, right? Like, like it wasn't, it wasn't sort? the phone anymore. It was, it was, it was the computer. Now we had moved to the internet versus calling into the free lines. And yeah, that was, that was a, um, so what did you do? <laughs> well, we, we, it was a low for us. If you look at the ups and downs over all these years, that was a low because, you know, you spend so much money getting there and with our team, it was a couple months to create it and we needed the cash flow. And it was like, we have failed. We had to cancel it. We moved it to 1017 and then we ended up recovering it and crushing it. But at that day, I mean, it was a low. Oh, everybody, and, and everyone was so, I remember so mean, right? Like, you know, and, and this was before we were spending ads, right? Our costs back then to get this thing going were co- like costs because we have to increase all the bandwidth for our website and all the design and the hosting, like things weren't cheap and easy really? to do. Like these were, this would take, you know, at least a month plus to put together all the promotional materials and the, and the website and everything that needed to go. And, you know, people were horrible. I took the day off work. I canceled a wedding. I, you know, like just the emails they'd send in people are frauds. Like, and, and we're leaders in the industry. No one else is doing this. And, um, and, and we're getting these kinds of messages. And I think we had one customer service person at the time, Sarah, like, and they're coming to us like, what do we do? What do we do? Like, what are we supposed to say? And we're like, we don't even know what to say. Like, <laughs> and we had sponsors, you know, who were like, we're like, okay, we've got to let them know what's going on. And, you know, it was like, rather than try to do it the next day, it's like, we know we're going to probably need a week to reload, you know, to try figure out what the tech stack looks like so that we can handle this volume. I think it was, was like, an EO. It was like, 
Ticketmaster. It was like, this is the way they likened it back when Ticketmaster, when everybody would call to try to get concert tickets and you have like this little tiny hole that you're trying to shove all these people in. And that's in effect what we did to the internet, like in 2010 (laughs) during our event. I was in EO though. And I had someone in my EO group that did that, that I called on Sunday and I was like, what do we do? And he was the one that said, you're not going to fix it today. So we did a triage email, which I was, we were proud of ourselves. We just said, Hey, here's what happened. We had so many people. And then people were like, wow, so professional. So such an emotional day. Right. And I remember telling Aaron that day, like I will eat macaroni and cheese before this company's going down. And you know, And we've learned over time that like, it only takes one idea to change everything, right? Right. One implement, one idea and everything can be changed. And so whenever things go wrong, we're like, we can fix it. There's a way to fix it. There are buyers out there. Let's go fix it. At this point, when you guys are building this business and photographers are calling up one, who are you targeting? What kind of photographer? And two, what are they learning how to do? Is this somebody that just has a passion for going out and, and taking pictures because they love it? Do they have a business and you're helping them scale it to the next level? And if they are, like, what is what is it that you're teaching them? What is the what is the the information you're teaching them and the result that they're going to get from being with you guys? Yeah, we were very clear early on that our our niche is business. There are tons of people teaching photographers, but I was running a portrait photography business. So those were the systems. That's what we were teaching. So we're teaching them marketing, how to get clients. We're teaching them selling, right? The sales process. And then we got into pricing. But when we were partnering with these other photographers, we would pick someone whose style was different that maybe they did a mark different marketing activity. And like 10, 10, 10, they were all getting something they did in selling that was helping people. And I would meet with each person, really curate the content versus a national association where they just have speakers all day and there's no common thread, no consistency. So our events had a theme, they were curated. We made sure the speakers delivered great content. Everything was so excellent and it was working great. And oftentimes we would also include like the marketing piece that they talked about if you bought the recording. So they're talking about this promotion that they did um, in order to attract clients at a certain time of the year. And they'd say, yeah. And if you buy the recordings, like you'll get this particular, you know, template that I used as well. So we had a lot of ways to upsell, Um, you know, we're marketers. So we understood that side of it, even if like it wasn't funnel terminology or if it wasn't like built, you know, on a certain platform, if it was harder to build, we still understood that side of it. So, you know, it just took us so much longer to do it back then than it does now. And then the coordination of, you know, our first event had, I think, 17 speakers, 10, 10, 10 had 10, which was nice. We had one that had like 25 speakers. So just coordinating all of their, their materials and all of like Sarah was saying, like we had all this money into it from a standpoint of like labor on our time and, and to put all of this together. And then, you know, so we, we, we would, it was, it was very much a launch model where we would have a high revenue month and then we would have two or three low revenue months, you know, because we didn't have anything to sell in the in-between time. Part of what made those, that model work was the urgency and scarcity of it's free on these two days. Um, or you can buy it on these two days. And it was just all the excitement of everyone in the industry promoting it. Um, and email was the main way of promoting things back then. Facebook a little bit, like Sarah said, Twitter had just kind of started. Um, but people weren't, we weren't buying ads to that. 
Yeah. So, so now you, so you're working with people that already have a, a photography business struggling a little bit and you're just kind of helping them for the most part. And this is now the first business now. So take me through this gap of when I meet you and then we're in the inner circle hanging out. And, and then I, I see from where your business is from then till today, like fast track yeah. that, take, take yeah. me through that quickly. So what, we what were- happens? We were doing these sort of law, it was sort of a launch model, right? Because you put everything into this one activity. So we were doing four a year. And they, they, you know, we started out high and then that curve would get lower, that little roller coaster. And if we had a crash one, a bad one, maybe a bad topic or bad timing, it was a big deal. That was a fourth of our revenue. And so Aaron and I just were like, we just don't love this lifestyle. So we tried to, we threw together a high ticket coaching program. We got like 10 people and they loved it. They loved it. And, and we'd meet with them each month. And then we added more people and we got one crabby person who was like, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. And we're like, well, what did you do? Well, nothing, but it doesn't work. And so (laughs) I had three little kids at this time. Erin didn't have her son yet, but we were like, this is, I just can't handle it. I don't know how to handle it. Like they're making us feel like we're not good. And we just shut down. So we're like, we're not going to sell high tickets. So then we went to, we're going to double down on, so we kind of left the event model and we doubled down on our continuity program. We're just going to amp that up. So we put every resource into that, you know, layering the whole concept is you get a lot of people to pay you, whatever, I think it was 99 bucks a month at that point. And so we just, everything we did for that, well, the first year was great, right? It was a 12 month program. So the first year was like growth, growth, growth. Well, then at 12 months, we didn't see that cliff coming of the people who had been there a year just dropped off, off, you know, cause they're like trickle away, whatever. And we're sure. like, so then we're spending that next year was like, just, just triage, you know, you're just churn, you're just replacing the churn. So then we went to Walker, like somewhere in there. We're like, okay, let's launch a selling program. <laughs> that was the marketing program. Let's let's do a different program to our current audience. And everything we were doing, we were hitting the same revenue, right? We were just coming up with just a different way of hitting the same revenue. Because really, Aaron and I were both grinding. Someone at a mastermind told us we were stuffing sausages. Like yeah. picture that, right? That like nasty skin and you're just shoving the garbage into that into that sausage machine. So that's where we were when we met you, right? We were like, Russell's going to help us figure out how to make a funnel to scale these low ticket. When I say low ticket at that point, we were selling pretty much our selling and marketing program that all canned up. They were just under a thousand bucks. And so that's where we we came into Russell. We're like, we, we need to scale this, but we're not doing anything high ticket. We've done that. We're not good at it. And we're not doing a live event. Like we had dabbled with that a little bit, had to buy our way out. Right. So um, that's what we told him we weren't going to do. And um, so basically he said, bundle everything together and sell it for a thousand bucks. Just do a webinar every day, get really great at that. So we did it, right? We're, we're, we're action takers and we're coachable. So we did that. We're like, okay, we got the webinar performing. We track everything where we're like, show up, um, click through, how many on at the offer, how many, blah, 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 right? We're tracking, tracking, tracking until we got it really where we wanted it. Yeah. And then we went to scale, right? So we start pouring Facebook ad money on it. And all of a sudden we found ourselves down 45 grand in a month. We're like, wait a minute. <sighs> You know, and then, you know, of course, Russell's like, well, you don't have anything to sell them in the back end, which is why you're, you know, you're like getting upside down because you're paying all this. You should just be breaking even on the front end. And we're like, no, no, no. Our whole business is the front end. Like, wait, what? Yeah, (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's a, that's a myth that a lot of people don't recognize in the beginning for sure. So, so what, so what happened? So you, 
you're you're generating signups, but you're underwater. You're you're acquiring a customer for twelve hundred bucks and getting nine ninety seven. Is it something yeah, like that? Is that what kind of. Yeah. yeah. So it was late year. It was fall, and the only way, like we we run a really solid business. We're never, we're like right now we're like, we can't eat or we're going to get bank, go bankrupt or whatever. But it was a scary place. Like you don't want to end your year upside down. Oh, in a big hole. Sure, and we were, we were in such a big hole that I, we kind of talked and we're like, we just need a band aid right now. Let's go sell something high ticket and let's just get out of this hole. So we, we went to everyone who had bought something over a thousand dollars and everyone who had replied recently, like we found our like 300, I think really quality people. We sent them a, a marketing piece in the mail, inviting them to a private, like basically webinar. I don't know what we called it, an invite and invited them to a two day training at my studio, high, high end, like sales with me. Cause we hadn't done any of this. So there was some demand there. And we made 87,000. I think I got on the phone afterwards and like one-on-one for a couple of days. It was six and grand. It was $6,000. $6,000. We made like 87 grand. And, and I, and we were like, oh my God, that was so such easy money. And they came <laughs> here and they loved it. And we went, okay, ding, ding, ding. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> right. Wait, so everybody flew to you guys came, came in person. That was a, a mindset we had that was broken. Uh, we were saying, no one's going to come to me. I'm in Springfield, Illinois, in the middle of the country, not a major airport. There's one 90 minutes away. Saying their moms. Their moms. Their know, moms they're busy. Their families. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah but they, they did. They weren't. Meanwhile, I was like, let me get away from my family for a few days and freedom, hang out with other moms. And yeah. just like, it was such a good mental thing, I would bet, for them just as much as anything else. And meanwhile, Aaron and I, whenever times were hard for us, that's what we did. We would leave home. Um, in fact, we're doing it this week. But not because I, times are hard, just because right. we're doing it. Yeah. Because we need to make change, right? Like we need yeah. to leave our families. We do a 36-hour. Yeah. She flies two hours. I drive two hours. We kind of meet there. We just work. And you need that's yeah. how you get clarity, right? And we're sure. like telling ourselves, this is what we've done to grow this company so big. But like our, our student, you know, our little market can't do that. And that sort of proved to us, oh my gosh, they can do it. They did yeah. do it. Yeah. It's healthy. There's no doubt whether, I mean, things would be great at home, but I was fine whenever you, you go somewhere, certainly for work, it's just a reset for your mind to get back and it creates some energy for you. So, you know, it's really powerful. So, all right. So people come now you're, now you're starting a little bit higher ticket, right? So where's that, where's that moment? I saw you guys like have like a big lift. I remember seeing you guys at one of the meetings and then like something happened and then you got, to another meeting and you were like, it, it was just like, oh my God. And you like figured out things yeah. that like no one ever knew in this world and you're killing it and you're excited <laughs> to tell other people about it, yeah. trying to help them because it's something new that I'm guessing other people were already doing like Russell, but you're like, to you guys, it was new, right? So it's like, holy cow, what was that? What did you guys do differently? I think it was a couple things. I think part of it was watching Russell run a high ticket program. And I saw, I saw the things that we didn't know 10 years earlier when we had tried to do it. And and I told myself, I can't do this. Like, they don't like me. I'm not good at this because I was good at it. And I do know what I'm doing and I do have great systems, you know, but I didn't know how to manage 
like certain things, a big one was teaching people that they have to have personal responsibility. Like I oh, took yeah. responsibility for when they failed. Like I felt like I had failed them. Totally. And Mandy Keen, of course, our sort of life coach in Russell's program said, Sarah, yeah. you can't save people. You're not a savior. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. Like I don't expect Russell to save me or Aaron and I. Like it's on us. We know that we are very clear that it, our investment is on us to get back. But yet I was feeling responsible for them. So oh. that was sort of cooking inside of me. And then the other thing that happened was I was telling Aaron, this something's going on. We have the best programs and people are telling us they're stuck. They're not getting results. And Facebook groups started to be a thing. And I said, I, just get me because I, I like get the idea. And then Aaron makes it happen, right? That's what is so great about our partnership is that our skills are there. We, we have the same vision, but like they're very complimentary. So I said, yeah. get me a bunch of people. So she created, you know, emails or ads or whatever and got me a group of people to do a class live. And I just said, I'm just going to break it down. I'm going to make people do it and figure out why they're getting stuck. So it was like over a month every day. I just created it as we went, which we don't like to do, but I just wanted to, I would say, just do this one thing and then report back to me in this group. Okay. You guys all did that. Okay. Do the next thing. We charged a thousand bucks and it was, it was ugly. And I, I was having to fix as we went, but then students did we have, didn't we have like close to 60 students or do you remember? I, or was I it don't. Than that? I feel like it was closer to 30, but we could probably okay. look it up. I bet that group yeah. exists because I'm curious. I mean, we still yeah. know who exactly who was in it, right? Yeah. Like we remember. Yeah. And so we did this a couple of times. Each time I would do it live and I would make it better. And what we realized is we were overwhelming them. I had to keep taking things out, taking things out and um, had to just make it streamlined, right? So we got it to be a well-oiled machine. But what was happening was at the end of that time, there was they were wanting more. So over a year, we tested like a three-month program and then a six-month program, and they weren't getting traction yet. And we were leaning on people in our, you know, our inner circle, other people like, how do we do this? Remember, we had some really great people step forward and go, okay, here's what to do. They would vox us. Yeah, here's Dean Holland was awesome. Dean Holland really helped Dean us. Dean Holland was, was amazing to help us. Yeah. And so we got them clamoring for it, asking for more help. And that's when we launched... Um, our 12 month program. Cause we realized three months wasn't enough. And then I'm asking them for more money, but they hadn't gotten results. And we realized we're so seasonal. They need 12 months. So we realized we needed to charge a little more and we needed to create the value so that they could do a 12 month program. We started with five people and then we went to 13 and then we went to 17 and I remember Aaron and I having the talk at kind of in that point of us needing to make a decision. And Aaron's like, Sarah, we've always said we don't want to go here. And I, and that's what I love about you, Aaron, is she we 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 fight for what we believe is right, but also one of us, that's why our partnership works. Like because sometimes I'm like, Aaron, you're you feel st more strongly. Let's I, I go with you. But here she was like, Are you sure? And I said, Yes, we can do this because we're ready. Like my kids were older at this point. I had the ability and the mental capacity. And also I'm a better leader. I've become a better person. And it's been hard. Like I'm still trying to get there. And same with Aaron. Like we're both growing into this leadership part of the company um, because we've had to add team. Like we're adding team. We're, we're managing a group. We now have like 175 people in the group. Wow. Um, but as we were doing this and growing, we realized an event is the way to fill this, a live event. And I love speaking. I love being on stage. But like a live event is a huge risk. It's huge. It's you scary. can put 
it was live, right? So you have hotel contracts and everything. And so Allison Prince, love that woman. I was at a volleyball tournament with my daughter. We were between matches. I remember being in the hotel suite for 90 minutes. She walked me through her event, told me exactly what she did. We exactly copied it and we crushed it. And this was February 14th, like right before Valentine's day of 2020. Wow. Here we are crushing this event. We signed up people for 12 month payments and, you know, we just get them onboarded. We get their payments. We get them set up when we realize March, mid-March, the world is shutting down. And so I'd opened my first studio two weeks before 9-11. And this is where we had to pull up the big girl pants because it was like, I could just see everyone leaving us all this. We thought we just had a win. They're all going to leave us. They're all going to quit. And I was like, Sarah, you started your studio two weeks before 9-11. You, you got through 2008. You can do this as a leader. Yeah. And, and, and Aaron and I talked and we're like, we've got what we can do this. Right. So I just told them, get off the news, get off the, get off everything, listen to my voice and we will get through this together. And our community did what, what was the stat Aaron? They point that. So, uh, in, uh, in 2020, they ended up doing $2.9 million, $2.9 million, uh, minimum. In- Yeah. Of our students, like that they did during a pandemic selling portraits. Wow. When you're not allowed to see anybody. (laughs) Yeah. And so many of them are still with us years later, they just keep signing up, signing up. And so we've had different growth challenges in these last two and a half, whatever years, um, I guess it's been a little over two years. We realized pretty quickly after we got them on board that um, we actually inherited in April of 2020, right after that, we had two little part-time salespeople. Their only job was to take the people from the the smaller course. It was a thousand dollars at that point to the $12,000 program because it was taking me so much time. So we found two people in our life who had sales skills and like every, you know, couple months we did that program, that first program, like three or four times a year, they would jump in and do that. We had a friend who closed her business in our space and she had this excellent salesperson and she delivered her to us. She said, do you want this person? We interviewed her. We loved her. We thought she was a great skill set match and core value match, but we couldn't sell the program at $1,000. I was selling it on webinars for that. So we realized, okay, here's a huge opportunity. So we raised the price. We made it two months long, added a bunch more things, raised the price to three grand and and tripled our revenue just like that. Didn't miss a beat. And that was so, in 2020, April, 2021. So again, like right in the middle of a time period where everybody's telling you, you know, you can't do anything. You can't, the world is ending. You can't make money. Like your business is going to close. And this is what we did with it. So, so, so in the photography world, tell, take me through some things like, so like, I know when I go, I'll go get pictures. Right. And if you look at like the, the evolution of photography, it's like we used to do those Polaroids where, where it would come out immediately and you get immediate satisfaction versus you get those, those, those film, right? Like, I don't know if you ever show your kids that and they're like, what is that thing? You know, we used to take film and we'd hand it in and then they'd come and we have to wait have for to like wait. whatever, forever long, like two days. You're so excited to yeah, go get, get your, your pictures, your, your pictures. Right. And now like we've moved to this digital world where like, I almost never 
print my pictures. I have thousands of pictures. I take pictures at will. Like, you know, usually it's like we used to have those pictures. You had 24. So you had to really be very specific with what you took. Now it's like, you know, like, and like you look (laughs) at your iPhone and you're, you're all clogged up. So the business has definitely evolved in in a big way. So like, what are some of the false beliefs that these photographers have that they think that they, they can't make money because of what's happening. And almost every person in the world's now a photographer, so to speak. Yeah. How how do you, how do you, how do you tackle that to turn that into a business? Cause it's fun. I could see like people love it. You know, it's just, they don't know they can make money with it. What, What are some of the challenges that you're facing? So we're crystal, crystal clear on this. All right. What most people are doing is they're like, oh, I like this thing. So I'm going to take pictures for a friend. I'm going to charge $200 and give all the digital files to them. And here's the deal. I, there were no photos of me as a child because people didn't have cameras on them. And so I got into business because I want people to have artwork on their walls. And so in a market where you're competing with free because everyone has a digital camera, you have to be different. When you're giving digital files for $200, you're like a fast food restaurant, right? There's one on every corner, McDonald's, Arby's, Hardee's, Wendy's. You're, you have all this competition, right? So it's all the fear of, I can't make money. Everybody's doing, I have to do mini sessions. I have to give it away. Yeah. And we're teaching them a completely different model that's more like a sit-down restaurant. So if you were my client, Eric, I would sit down with you. I would meet you and your wife and your kids. And I would look at how can I celebrate Eric's family? How can I bring out who they really are? Because I want a six foot wide wall portrait of you and your kids laughing, doing what you do. So you walk in, in every day and you get goosebumps in your entire body, knowing like I have the best life. I love my people. Yeah. And so our students, when they follow the system of high service customization, right? You get your steak at the restaurant cooked the way you want it. You get dessert, you get wine, your bill, you know that your bill is going to be more, right? When you go to a beautiful table with a view restaurant versus the drive-through. So same thing with us. There's no bait and switch. There's no yucky, yucky. I'm educating my clients and I spend a lot of time with them. And the average orders go from 200 to 2,000, 4,000. Like it's rare. And I'm in a cornfield in Illinois. It's rare that I have an order under $10,000. Wow. That's how you get your life back. Yeah. I love One it. session a week at $2,000 is a six figure income. Any uh-huh. mom can do that. You know, I always wanted like a, so I have photographers here. I always wanted to have a guaranteed photographer come by my house for every holiday, for for during the, the Hanukkah Christmas area, for Thanksgiving, for Mother's Day, Father's Day, just yeah. coming and taking photos of my family. And I, I've done it twice. And my family was like, what the hell is this? They were all like, we got to come early. We got to go get dressed up. I was like, listen, if you don't want to be in, then don't be in. And my them came and they all loved it. And they all smiled. And at the end, when we produced all these pictures of our family, we still look back to this like, oh, that's that day where we had all this. Hey, can you send me the picture from that day? Can I've, I've gotten all that, right? So it's like people always complain, but like the ability to have that and then go and then take it to the next step of being able to frame them and put them on the wall like you're describing is a powerful thing that I don't think a lot of people do that I think you're you're spot on with because I take tons of pictures, amazing pictures, but I don't do anything with it ever. 
I'm like, oh, you know, my mindset is, you know, one day, I don't know when I'm dead, yeah. like my kids, kids will find them and be able to be like, oh, that was grandpa. You know, like, Eric, if here's they, the if thing. They even can. I mean, you know, what are they going to do? Get them off your iPhone, get them off your right. old dead computer. But right. here's the thing, Eric, your kids need them on the walls now. They're suffering in this pandemic. And, you know, especially like junior high kids, you you know, you think, oh, I'm not pretty. And you're comparing yourself to everyone else. When they come home and they see that my parents love me and they put this big image on the wall, they love oh. me. Your wife feels loved, right? Like you feel like I am the man of the house. Look at my family. I provide. Totally. They love me. Because it, it anchors in that we are a strong family and we love each other because we know there are hard times in families when no one's getting along and everyone's fighting. And it's like, oh my God, who gave me these kids, right? But you look at that photo and you go, you know what? We're going to be okay. Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. this is what we teach our students to educate people on. Photography is important. And, and you can say photographers have the disempowering belief that like nobody has any money right now. Gas prices are so high. The economy is terrible. No, people need artwork now. They're spending money and they're not traveling. They have money to spend and to invest. They should be investing with us. I feel so strongly. Um, and I'll be at your house tomorrow by noon, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Come, please. Photographs I just, I just, of I just need you to get here. I would, I would spend important. plenty on that. Plenty. That's I just, uh, I think most people are lazy and, and just need to be reminded of that. And then they say, yes. I mean, I would a hundred percent. I mean, I'm, you know, once I started getting into this world before, before like being an influencer and podcasts and all that fun, like the idea of getting a photographer to follow you around to like take pictures and document an experience was never even a thought in my mind, but like now doing it and having photographers following me to do like we went, I remember when I went for this book launch and I actually was late because of the traffic in, in New York city, but I had a photographer meet me there to follow us around. And it was the most amazing day. And we just walked around and, and took great pictures with our family and all kinds of, you know, you got to get used to like, kind of like taking pictures. Like you feel funny when people are looking at you and stuff, but once you can get past that, it's uh yeah, I mean, I want a photographer with me every day to just document every single moment. I would pay for a photographer to follow me around the world. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. I think people people that do that recognize cuz you don't see yourself, right? Like you don't see yourself in the world by being able to like like you said, almost like someone else capturing moments of you in your life is a really powerful thing, you know, and, and I think it like also helps the inner self of, of being able to see you with your family. And then to your point, taking it and putting it on the wall, which I need badly. I'm looking around my walls and I just have like yeah. pictures. Some of them are sitting on the ground in frames that yeah. haven't been put up. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so, so now with all these people that are in this group, how do you do it where they they can scale their business. Is it a is it a they hire more photographers and then teach them the framework so that they can do it in other areas, or is it just you just you attack your one local area? Uh, do you travel? How does it work as a photographer? I mean, they can, Eric, but truly, we market this as a lifestyle business. If they can make between hundred and two fifty k, very part time, they can be the hands on parent that they want, right? We're not looking at people who want to make millions, like we can make millions with funnels and online products. Sure. So they scale, as they get better by increasing their average sale, and they need 50 clients, yeah. 50 clients giving you five grand each. That's a good business model. That's still one 
session at a time. Is that one a week? A little less than one, one a week? week? Yeah, one yeah. a week, 50 clients. And, 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 and one what of is the it? Things- they spend an hour, two hours? How, how long is the photography? session when you do it for me they're 20 minutes 30 minutes 45 minutes again it depends like if it's a a documentary like you're looking for it could be longer right yeah but it's whatever they want it to be but I mean I was doing six figures quickly with three babies at home and my life was amazing right and then I got to 200 and then 300 and then 400 and I realized okay to go to the next level in my photography business I have to have a bigger studio. I have to have more employees. I have to ha- have more clients, more high touch. And that's when joy marketing had taken off. And it was like, I can really scale that. But for someone like a second income, we have some people who are single parents or they have a child with special needs. What a great way to be able to provide for your family very part-time. That's what this is about. Yeah. Aaron, you were going to say something? Yeah, I, I think the thing that the place where we see, you know, most most people come to us and they're like, I just need more clients. I just need more clients. And the truth of it is, is that that's, that's not the case at all. They just need to know how to serve their clients better and, and get those average orders up. Because when they serve those clients better, then it becomes not just people coming in and saying, oh, yeah, I just want one big portrait um, for over the mantle. It becomes a... Yeah, but dad has an office and we want a photo of dad with each kid. I mean, you saw, you know, one of the things that Sarah, you know, created for Russell, his whole office is, um, is, is decked out with, you know, Russell with each kid, you know, and then you have mom with each kid. And there's a lot of things that you can do, um, to capture that relationship and that stage of where the, the, the child is that really truly serves the family. And I think, but you have to educate them because the family comes to you thinking like kind of where you were saying, where you started with Eric of like, Oh yeah, just everybody hates it because we all have to get together. We have to have our clothes a certain way and we're all standing a certain way and it's posed and it's forced and it's, and what we teach and, and what boutique photography really is, is it's more of a lifestyle. It's less of that post thing. And um, it's more of just like you and your family having fun. I mean, Cal asks me every year, he's eight now. He's like, am I going to get to like, when do I get to go and get my pictures taken again? Like he, it's a thing. He wants to do it. It's fun for him. Like he actually has a good time doing it. And I think that, um, it's, it's sort of redefining what photography is, how you do it, how often you do it. Um, and, and when you do this type of photography with a photographer to hang artwork on your, on your walls. Totally, yeah. totally. So photographers, let's talk about this for a second. Cause I think there's an overwhelming fear of when I love to take pictures, but Facebook ads and funnels and, and all the stuff that like, oh my God, I'm not a marketer. I don't know how to do any of that. Like speak a little bit to how they don't have to really know that at all to be able to run a business. Right. I, I just had a, had Dean on my, uh, on my podcast a few weeks ago, and they're doing something with all around the self-education space. And it's their hurdle is always just trying to get people to understand they can make money with their passion for whatever they're good at and just focus on what you're good at and find the who, not necessarily worry about the what and how, right? It's like, speak a little bit about that. Cause I know like there are people here that are like, you guys make it sound so easy. Sure. Go take some pictures, get some people do one a week, but then it's like, well, how do I do it? Where, how do I get somebody that you 
Where do they come? Like where, how they find me? How do they hear about me? Speak a little bit about your process, about how you, you show people how to do that and make it a turnkey, simple solution from they just do what they're really good at and you help them with the rest of that so you can turn it into a business. Oh, uh, capture information on a simple funnel and, and get somebody to come in and then get them to schedule a meeting and then blah, 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 blah. But you don't have to do any of that. Talk about that a little bit. Tell yeah. Me. I think it's interesting because I started my photography business really before the internet, before Facebook ads, before all of that, right? So I had to figure out how to do it. And Aaron and I were marketing director ad agencies. We had bought media. We had bought billboards and TV and radio. We know how to do all of that. But I didn't have that kind of money, right? I knew what it took to run a radio campaign. And this was like my little hobby business that I was trying to get going. So I had to figure out how to do it. And what's interesting is photographers think that there's some magic marketing thing they do that books clients. So we have to first educate them that marketing's job is to generate leads, but then what are you saying to them? They didn't know how to talk to them. They would just say, here are my prices. Well, of course, then if you're not the cheapest, you're not going to get booked. So that was part of my learning curve as an educator is I had to break down what am I doing in every step? So like the first phone call, we broke it into what we call the seven B's of seven things they have to do to book that client. Yeah. And so what's interesting is when I I went out and I was like, I'm going to market correctly, like I know how to. And I did one marketing activity. And the first client who came in, she invested $1,800. And I tried to sabotage the sale. Her name was Julie. And so we celebrate Julie. Everyone was like, how do I get a Julie? How do I get a Julie? <laughs> and so we we focus on in that first class that they spend eight weeks with us on them going and getting a Julie. We give them easy to do activities. We call one Kevin Bacon, right? The whole Kevin Bacon, your six degrees of separation from anybody yeah. in the world. Work yeah. your network. Find somebody who has a little girl in a dance class or somebody who just had a baby or somebody who just adopted a child. They have a story to tell. They have a need. And so then they have to educate them because like you said, you didn't really think about it a different way. You just were like, I'm taking all the photos and one day I'll do something with them until we educated you on, whoa, what if you did this in in your daughter's room, right? Make her feel amazing and you get a powerful um, image of her feeling confident. So she goes to school every day feeling amazing about herself. And so we teach them how to educate their clients. So Believe it or not, we don't like most of what we teach them doesn't cost a bunch of money. We don't teach them how to run Facebook ads. We don't teach them how to do all of these paid advertising things. We teach them how to go out there because clients are not solution aware. They're not out there looking for someone to do wall portraits. They assume every photographer is a fast food restaurant that they're 200 bucks and they give them all the digital files. Totally. Totally. One of the things we we really work hard at doing, knowing what limited amount of time many of our students have, is we teach them how to make marketing fit into the life that they are already living. It shouldn't be this big thing that is weighing on their shoulders and like, oh my gosh, how do I do this? What do I have to do? I have to learn all this tech. It's like, no, how can you make marketing fit into the life that you're already doing? How can you generate leads from the people that you already know, from the relationships you already have? And how can you get clients from that? Um, and then how can you, and, and then Sarah, you want to take it from there? Like that starts with the Julie, but then there's a second level that goes, you know, goes on to that. Yeah. We teach them partnering. My first business partner, her name was Bobby. She owned a kid's clothing store and she would send me the first client. She sent me invested 4,200 bucks in portraits. 
And so she would, I would photograph um, her clients in their cute clothes, give her a few images, uh, decorate her store with artwork. And she was sending me these consistent clients. Um, But the thing that's interesting is we teach, we call it the boutique business model. So there's no discounting. We don't use price. And so when you're not making a juicy offer, it is hard to get results with Facebook ads, (laughs) right? Like it's so much, it's better to get a right client like you, for example, and then you show your friends and your neighbor comes and then their sister-in-law comes and you build that business organically. And I teach you, like, this is when you have a new baby, for example, this is a key time. And then when you're when your baby's sitting up and then when your baby's standing and then, you know, we do like two and a half, three, and then we get a formal portrait before your baby loses his teeth for a big giant one. And then we do empowerment sessions when your child is a tween, like that pre-teenage when they're feeling bad about themselves, they got the big teeth. We make them look and feel amazing. And then you come back for senior portraits. So we, we, we get a client once and we keep them for life and we've decorated their entire homes. You don't swap out. This is not a posed family portrait in a white shirt and khakis. These are personality images with your little kid giggling and your your two teenagers, you know, roughhousing and your family doing what fun thing you do as a family. So it's artwork for your home. So once we educate and we get a really great client, they stay with us for life and they ref, they bring us referrals. So it's very organic um, it's an organic marketing strategy, which is really different because what that's not what we do at Joy Marketing, right? So we have to get people clear. One is a boutique business and one is a high volume educational business. That's really interesting. You know, it's um, the way you guys go about it is something I would love, love, love. Like I would almost pay a membership because I'm not creative enough to think about it. But when you say, you know, it's like when someone's pregnant and they go through the phases of, you know, month one, two, three, four, and you just like automatically have these sessions that are triggered to document that that journey. And it seems like we kind of stop after that. Right. It's like um, like I know at my at my wedding, we got a photographer at, at my kids bar mitzvahs. We had photographers. Right. So like but like these major events and then then we don't do it anymore. And it's almost like I wish I had a photographer. I yeah. would pay to be part of a club. And it's like almost every month they they come and it's a stand like you were taking pictures and you're documenting that, that month. And then you kind of like capture those moments throughout time. Cause we all just kind of get busy and don't do anything. But then if you have somebody that's able to take those pictures and then turn them into something, it's yeah. interesting how you turn that into like niche businesses based on like all these photographers, like focusing on certain areas of somebody's life. And to your yeah. point, you get somebody you get somebody once you do a good job and then they're the ones you call yeah. all the time, which is true because the guy that I call all the time is I probably used him from the day I, I met him from Ashley's by mitzvah. I probably used him probably another 10 to 12 times on like other events of things just because. Right. And it just, then he, it's funny. <laughs> like, so we paid for albums that we've still not sat down and have done. And he's joking about it. Like, I'll just come over and do it with you. Like, 2000. Oh my goodness. Like actually 17. So four years ago, we still haven't done an album. And now Zach's now like for a year, we have two albums sitting waiting to be done that we haven't done because we're just like, yeah, I don't know. This is part of what we teach our students and we will get you someone, Eric, to take care of you because that's what was driving me crazy about the industry is, oh, one day we'll do it. No, the way our system works is that 
you make the decision. The photographer gets everything done for you, right? Yeah. So I see what you're wanting as being like a book that gets produced with all the images from each year. And yeah. then the special, special images get put in your home as a canvas, as a, as a, you know, yeah. series, some in black and white, some in color. And that's the, that's how the photographer can serve you. Yeah. Right there. That's how they do and their like job. Designing my house. They're like an interior designer and in some kind capacity, of, right? yeah. like I have some like, oh, we, ugly we teach our students. that I don't get. I'd rather have my family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And art is good. Like other things are good, but I mean, I have a client in Chicago that invented something multi wealthy, like wealthy, wealthy. They built a new home with elevators in it. I mean, just anything money could buy. And they told me I, I had to, they've never done photography. And I kind of had to say they had five kids and I'm like, let's just do one big, beautiful piece. And they told me people comment on those portraits of their kids more than anything in this very, 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 very expensive home. What does that tell you, right? That's the emotion. That's them, not the granite that they paid $100,000 for. Like yep. that is the family. And that's what they enjoy more than the elevator or the five wings of the house. So yep. it's not even about money. I have clients with Renoirs and Picassos. Um, and not all of my clients are wealthy by any means. I'm in a cornfield, but I have a couple. And they <laughs> tell me that the artwork we did for them means more to them. Why wouldn't it? Of course. Of course. So. All right. So you guys have books, you have a podcast. How can people find you? What, where are ways that they can connect and, and get more information? <laughs> you know what I'm well, Joy of please, Marketing. Please tell us. Please tell us. Yeah. Joy of Marketing <laughs> is our website. So if you're a portrait photographer and you want to make money with your camera, that's great. Our book, Worth Every Penny, is not photography specific. So if you're in a space where you want to make money that with something that doesn't compete on price, it's a fantastic read. You can follow me personally, Sarah.petty on Instagram or on Facebook. That's really, I'm kind of the, the one in the company that that's easiest to find. <laughs> uh, but love to hear from you. If you like, if you got any value here today or your story similar, if there's anything I can do to help, that'd be, that'd be great. You know where to find me. Listen, you guys are amazing. I, I've known you guys for, I don't know, what, three to four years. And you guys are two of my favorite, favorite people. You I, at the core, you're just, you're good, good people. And I feel blessed to, to know you and to be around you. Forget about business just as a friendship. And I've seen you guys, how you've grown in the last two years. And it's really, really exciting. And, uh, I look forward to seeing like what you guys do next because, uh, you guys are awesome. You guys are innovators. You guys are executioners. You guys like you hear it, you learn it, you do it. And that's just something that's really powerful. So, uh, you know, hopefully one day you can show me how to do that and, and, <laughs> and, and we could, uh, have some fun together, but, um, thank you guys both for your time. I know Sarah, you're a rock star, Aaron. I know you love coming on. So I appreciate you coming on for me. Thank you. I'm that's thankful. For you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just the, this audience has gotten a treat to see that there's, there's this world out here of photography that people take pictures, but oh my God, you can make money while you do it, especially for the people that are home that, that feel like they want to take care of their family, be with their kids. And just, they feel like they can't make any money. All you need is a camera and just a simple few tips from, from some hanging around these two, and they can show you how to make a few hundred grand, uh, spending a few hours a, a week tops. It sounds like, so, um, you know, it's pretty special stuff. So thank you for that. You're making an impact on a lot of people's lives. You should be proud. Thank you. 
Eric, thanks for having us. This was amazing. We appreciate you and we love you so much. Like we're more than like business. We love being in business and making money, but for us, it's about the relationships that we have with really really amazing people like you. And we just treasure our friendship so much. So thank you for having both of us on here today. And we're going to do big things together, Eric. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced it's happening. I'm speaking. Well, now that you got an executive, now you got somebody else to help you out. Like now (laughs) let's do it. I'm ready. We've, we've, exactly. we've had a lot of great ideas. We just, uh, it's time to execute. That's I've got been, some thoughts. I don't want to run uh, Sarah over and scare the hell out of her. <laughs> I start freaking her out with all my ideas. No, Stop. you can't scare Stop me. It. Stop it. Three eight. We did have a 3 a.m. with a group when we were up talking till 3 a.m. That, then that I was like, I'm hearing you, but my face is not showing it. And right. I'm like, I can't sleep. I love all of Eric's ideas. Right. I can't go I to bed. Oh, I know. <laughs> so fun. That was, that fun. was fun. That was a good time. We'll definitely do it. Well, thank you. I appreciate you guys. Thank you, Eric. Thanks thank for coming you, Eric. on. Would you like to learn how I built my business using other people's money? If so, then go join my 21 day challenge at performancemarketersecrets.com. I look forward to meeting you and welcoming you into my family. And remember, results don't lie, but the people who don't have any do. Thanks for listening.